You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast, released on the 3rd of January, 2021. The one at the end. Ah, oh, good old tea, said the Doctor. I suppose you brought enough to share with the rest of us. Welcome to you all. I'm Benji Clifford and he is Nick Briggs. All the festivities and New Year celebrations are over. So, <laughs> to give you a little post-festive boost via your ear things, we're here to tingle your molecules with our customary cheery chatter. chatter, chatter the double C. Chatter, the double C. Or something like that. So. Well, coming up, we've got reviews this week. Bernie Summerfield, Lost in Translation. <gasps> then we've got it? listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Uh, we've got behind the scenes with Masterful. Oh, yeah. And, of course, we have our wonderful chum, the Randomoid Selectatron, selecting a random release from the yes. Big Finish archive. <gasps> the archive. We give you, 25%, archive. We give you uh, 25% off, then, don't we, of that random release? Absolutely. You don't <laughs> want to miss out on that one who knows what it could be the beauty of this is it could be something from the past that you've forgotten about or it could be something relatively recent in which you get 25% off so you could be making a killing it's just random and finally we tease you with the first 15 minutes of our free Paul Sprague Memorial Short Trips Opportunity Winner free speech see free performed by Jacob Dudman So, Benji, uh, we're actually recording this before Christmas. Magic. uh, So we can uh, project ourselves beyond Christmas and the new year and imagine how we feel. Can we do that? Well, I mean, you know, we've... How will we feel? The beauty of these things is we have lived through an awful number of of these occasions already and they're mostly exactly the same every year yes although of course maybe this year for a lot of people is going to be quite different so who knows um i predict yes yeah, so we're probably in tier 15 by now <laughs> yeah, probably yeah it's like like the blue peter time machine this isn't it <laughs> You know, it's, I mean, what we've been buried in the ground. We've been buried in the ground with a, with a, a, a record, a record of some forgettable pop act. Um, it's true, though, isn't it? Probably some some terrible drawing that somebody's done, and uh, yes. a pair of socks. Um, this a is a drawing of a big finish. <laughs> yes, this is a big finish. A rare breed of bird. That's uh, that's in Beslington, wherever that is. Um, but I expect I'll probably be what I always am after New Year, which is t- tired, yes. probably a slight sore head, hmm. and a reliance on paracetamol and ibuprofen at various intervals of the day. How about yourself, Nick? Uh, yeah, how will I be feeling? Uh, I don't know. I'll just be getting on with it, really. You know, just got to get on with it, haven't you? Calm down and get on with it, or whatever those t-shirts say. What are those t-shirts? Keep, say? keep calm and carry on. Keep calm and like carry on. Calm down and get on with it. Like the world's worst, like real like, knockoff, really real knockoff brand. In a very similar font, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not quite as good. It's an Ariel yeah. as opposed to Futura or something. Uh, um, so, oh dear. Ah yeah, yeah. oh, well. Well, I suppose Look at you, your, your font anorak. You. They're not actually the fonts used. I, I believe they're two completely different fonts. Um, time I suppose for us to look at the latest reviews why not okay why not yeah 
As promised, we're looking at the reviews for Doctor Who, The New Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, Volume 6, Lost in Translation. Catchy title, I'm out of breath. Professor Bernice Summerfield, and this is the Doctor, he's... I'm afraid that's confidential, you understand. From Big Finish Productions, The New Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, Volume 6. You're being hunted by the Time Lords, the most powerful race in creation, and this is really how you're planning on eluding them? Absolutely. Look around. This is a drab planet at the dull end of a dim galaxy. They're not going to look for us here. We're just two ordinary people. We can do ordinary. Right. I'm stuck in an airlock with a countdown. Oh, there's always a countdown. Doctor, tell me I'm right. You're right. Uh And you're wrong. You just had to, didn't you? The Doctor's crime is existing? Correct. And you want me to prove he doesn't? Also correct. (laughs) You really are going to be a delightful opponent, Professor Summerfield. I speak at the end of the universe. This is bad, isn't it? Very. Something's very wrong on Gallifrey. Off. finish. We love stories. Doctor? Well, so easy. Just go to bigfinish.com and type in Lost in Translation. Okay. And the search pane at the top to get yes. your ears wrapped around this beauty. So first up, we got one here from DoctorWhoReviews.net. Right. It's absolutely does what it says on the tin there. Uh, the future, are they Doctor Who reviews? They are. The it might be a Doctor Who reviews things. It's possible. It could be. I think that these particular stethoscopes are uh, inadequate. It reminds me of the hoary old theatrical anecdote that Sir Ralph Richardson was on stage once in a play that he had a very low opinion of. And during a performance, he suddenly stepped forward to the front of the stage and said, excuse me, is there a doctor in the house? And eventually the audience kind of embarrassed. Someone went, "Uh, yes, I'm a doctor. And he just said, awful play, isn't it, doctor? (laughs) <laughs> and then carried on with the play. <laughs> so, what yeah, it'd be great icon. to have, a, have a, a, a site that just has doctors reviewing things. Just completely, there's no, no, not even a medical link, just doctors. Yeah, I'm a medically trained doctor, and I would like to give you my opinion on these socks. <laughs> I don't know they why have American. holes in them. Um, well, the future is as bright yes. as ever for the archaeologist, and the scene with the endless energy of Lisa Bauman. Yes. With David Warner once more the perfect complement to a beloved character, and with the direction and sound design perfectly complementing the strong performances and scripts, The New Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, Volume 6, Lost in Translation, is a rousing success on Great. every level that proves to be truly effective introduction and reintroduction in equal measure 4.5 out of 5 and that's from Dr Henderson from uh, Smithfield's GP practice surgery in clattering (laughs) clattering it was also good until you just said clattering which is clearly not the name clattering look it up see if it's the name of a real place clattering oh it'd be brilliant if there's a real place there is a do you know how weird is that Um, what where is it I typed in clattering and do you know the first thing that came up it came up with 
it said, it, oh, uh, it's the not Big clattering. Podcast. It's came up with Clatter Bridge Hospital, so it's not oh, clattering, okay. but that's very close. That's in the Wirral, everybody. Oh, if you want right. to visit, yeah, visit Liverpool, there, yes. you know, take a photo, and you know, maybe it, 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 see if the, is there a clattering though? I don't is there a there town called Clattering? Cla- clattering Town. That famous song by the Jam, a town called Clattering. <laughs> town called Clattering. There's a town called Did Clatter it? in Poise. Poise? Where's Poise? Wales, I believe. Oh, it's called Clatter. Clatter. Um, nice. But there isn't a clattering. If you live in Clatter, please do write into podcast at bigfinish.com. We want to hear we want to hear your clatter noise. Yeah, we want to hear you clattering the pots and pans. Uh, cultbox.co.uk. Is there a town called Cut? Shut up. <laughs> These new adventures of Bernice Summerfield stories tend to be hugely entertaining and Lost in Translation keeps up the good work. There is a feeling of autumn and at times it felt like maybe this doctor needed to move on or to another universe. No fear, though. It seems to be a stylistic choice for this set to mislead the listener for the Doctor's courtroom appearances. This is as good a set as any, and we recommend it. That's four stars here. Four dark blue stars. And one of them's white. Is that a better star? Or is that yeah, like must, a shining that must, star? That must be it. Must be it. So yeah. So four, let's four, say four and a bright one. Yeah. Six out of five, I Def- say. Definitely. Definitely. I think that. that's yeah. I don't think that's unassailable as a conclusion. Well, that's that 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 I believe is uh, the it's, that's the clattering measuring system, isn't it? I seem to recall the clattering review system. Which you're using as opposed oh, to yeah, the that's right, normal yes. uh, Orion system of stars from the Clatterbridge Hotel. Of so course, what? yes, of course. A uh, warpedfactor.com says, "Indeed." And that was it. Um, no, oh, well, it says, done, indeed. Well uh, as with the previous sets, it's the Bowman and Warner double act that makes it worth a listen. Oh. After 20 years <gasps> playing the role, uh, Bowman is. It does. It's an exclamation mark in brackets there. Um, I just love those. I love those. An exclamation mark I in brackets those. looks a little bit like a cat from behind, doesn't it? Um, rather <laughs> worryingly so. Um, uh, Bowman is still finding new facets of Benny to surprise <clears throat> listeners with, due in part to her being with a doctor that's not her own. Warner, meanwhile, seems to be relishing taking on the role of the doctor once more, his performance offering up hints of Pertwee and Capaldi, a weariness marked with a sense of the adventurer. Mm-hmm. Director Scott Hancock surrounds them with a solid supporting cast, including Sean Carlson and Sean Phillips, whilst Stephen Foxen, it says oh, here, Steve Stephen, <laughs> Stephen, Stephen, it's dinner time. He's in trouble. He offers dynamic music and soundscapes around them. It's all built firmly around that central duo, uh, one of the strongest in the company's output. The digitalfix.com says volume six of the new adventures of Benny Summerfield consists of four concentrated detailed episodes that put Benny and the Doctor front and centre. For equal amounts of banter, exploits and drama, pick up this latest entertaining release from Big Finish. Sounds like an advert, doesn't it, that one? It does, yeah. And also with added soapy suds. <laughs> uh, SciFiPulse.net says these new yarns highlight Benny's expertise as the pair explore ancient cultures, the nature of language, the reach of history, and the fragility of civilizations. The fragility of civilizations. Ah, uh, all the while, the strength of their friendship shapes events, a bit like Play-Doh. Um, Sean mm, Carlson like returns that. as Narvin, uh, playing all of the layers as only he can after all these years. Yes, he is very old. 
He's a old, <laughs> old. Uh, he's joined by Sean Phillips as the Inquisitor. Uh, I can't wait for Volume Seven. There we go. Oh, sci-fi pulse. And on Twitter uh, at Notum Tardis. There's Nottam Tardis. Nottam Tardis. I looked in the Tardis and he's Nottam Tardis. <laughs> uh, can't tell you how much I'm enjoying Doctor Who, The New Adventures of Bernie Summerfield, Volume 6, Lost in Translation. Oh, go on. Do tell us. Uh, what a great duo at the Lisa Bauman and David Warner are. Probably my favourite at Big Finish release of 2020. Nice one at Nottam Tardis. Nottam. Nottam Tardis. Nottam. Well, there we go. Rock and roll. More reviews next week. Not a, no, it's not a, Next week, we've got Tortured X Machina. Very exciting. Nice. Coming up soon, we go behind the scenes with Masterful. Don't forget to dress for the occasion. <laughs> Very good. Very good. In the meantime, it's listeners' emails. That's right. You don't have to live in clatter uh, to send us an email. You can live in pots and pandy. Um, hey, that sounds Welsh. But that sounds Welsh. It's Ponty Pandy, isn't it? Yeah, it's it from is, yeah. Uh, Fireman Sam. Yeah, it is Ponty Pandy, isn't it? With uh, Norman Price, who looks surprisingly like Curly Watts from Coronation Street. Um, Lord, if, that is a surprise. It is. How funny. Um, and if you want to, and it, they share the name Norman. How funny. Um, how bizarre. Um, and if you want to send us an email, all you have to do is send it to podcast@bigfinish.com, and it might get read out. You never know. You never know. So first never. off, then, you'll this never is, know. You'll never know because it's we're going to skip that whole section now. Uh, and right, let's on to the random one selection. To- <laughs> no, so. uh, this one here is from Josh Freeman, who is a doctor yes. in the town of Kitchen Sink. Uh, all one word no capital letters um, the subject of this one is <laughs> chimes at midnight was my introduction to the doctor wow oh. I was so happy to hear the tease of the chimes of midnight on this week's podcast that was two weeks ago now oh, God, time flies doesn't it what was that time that was uh, my life was, do I get another no, I saw that's no, a lot mate Back to the land of dreams. Uh, only, uh, not only was it my introduction to Big Finish, but it was effectively my reintroduction to Doctor Who. I live in the states, and among other uh, indignities, um, got hooked on Doctor Who right before it was pulled from my local PBS station. Oh. And I think around 1989. Um, well, Do you hate it when that happens? It's funny that, isn't it? it was sort of, didn't it vanish around the same time every year? Isn't it? It's most curious. Most curious. Um, I have only the vaguest memory memories of a few scenes of the greatest the show in the show galaxy in the galaxy the galaxy in the galaxy uh, and remembrance of the daleks before it got yanked fast forward to 1996 and less than 20 minutes into the doctor who tv movie we lose the satellite feed and never got to watch the rest of it until i could score it in uh, dvd not that long ago wow, wow. i see why you just would have given up and thought what's the point i can't this this show just keep <laughs> vanishing yes um it wasn't until 2005 when I had somehow discovered BBC Seven Internet Radio uh, that I was able to listen to an entire Doctor Who serial and got completely hooked. Thank you for bringing me into the Doctor Who universe and keeping Doctor Who alive. Merry Christmas, 
Josh. Well, there oh, well, that we was go. Nice. There we go. I just want to say that, that that email was sent round the Big Finish team as well, the jolly everyone, and particularly Barnaby Edwards, who directed Chimes of Midnight as well. And everyone was very happy, Josh. So thank you for writing in that. This next one's rather nice too. Uh, it's from Zach. Um, and his uh, the subject is listener's email, funnily enough. Um, hello, Big Finish. My name is Zach. I'm from Canada. And I just wanted to say how I am so very grateful for your audio dramas, plays, stroke books, whatever you want to call them, I suppose. Uh, scouring pads. I first found out about Big Finish when I heard that there were some Doctor Who audiobooks. And this is probably the way most of your listeners found out about Big Finish, I'm guessing. But I also wanted to say that although I do not have many audio drama stroke plays books because I'm just 15 years old and a teenager, obviously, and my parents buy me a respectful amount of stuff, I really enjoy listening to your products. And I'm sure to buy a lot more when I start earning money. Thanks. A very happy listener, Zach. That's brilliant, Zach. Thank you. I hope you become like the managing director of some big company so you can afford to buy the whole back catalogue. That's my hope. It's when he just buys Big Finish one day. That's that's it. I'm now the managing director of Big Finish, Nick. Thank you very much. And you're fired. And you're fired. Go. I'll give you a job. You can wash the cars in the car park. (laughs) You like the car park, don't you? Again, that was another email that got sent round to everyone and everyone was really rather charmed by it. So thank you, Zach. we got one here from Owen Taylor, subject <laughs> D.I. Menzies. Oh. Hi, Nick and Benji. First off, especially as it's first time writing in, big thank you to you and the entire Big Finish family for keeping me sane this year. Your customer oh, yeah. services team especially have been fab dealing with a technophobe like myself. Oh. There's a little face there. Um, this I'm was just... sent from an iPhone, though, so you're not a complete technophobe. It's an Android, isn't it? It's, it's, it's... No, it says sent from my iPhone. Oh, I don't know why, but for some reason, whenever these get... Oh, I know why. It's because I'm reading this from my Gmail, you see. So it's... Oh, so the you, should Gmail download, is... you should download the attachment, mate. The attachment, yeah, I'll do that in future. Um, I've just <laughs> we've just I've, discovered something after years of doing this podcast. Years of madness. Um, I just bought the season nine uh, Fourth Doctor set, among others, in a rollback sale. I'm safe until December credit card bill. And listening Phew. to Purgatory Twelve, the character Scraya sounded so like Di Patricia Menzies from the Sixth Doctor range. If a tad more bloodthirsty. I think both um, of them. It was a Lancashire accent. I think. Oh, there we go. There's the common link, you see. Mm. Yeah, the bloodthirsty Lancashireans. Uh, <laughs> this got me wondering if we would ever see more of her and her team following their appearance in Legacy of Time. Surely they deserve some investigation. Ha ha ha! It's a little laughter emoji. Little I'm just telling Benji. Cause Thank he, you very much. Because he can't, can't read the emojis. It's funny if I just couldn't read reason. them, I just didn't understand them. What is yes. that? I don't understand. The face, the mouth is wide open with teeth. Is it a, a vampire? Yes, maybe Maybe Owen wants to eat us. Um, stay safe and thanks for all your hard work this year keeping the audios coming. Owen sent from my iPhone. Thank you, you very go. much. Thank well, you. Um, uh, yeah, we ought to have a look into the D.I. Menzies thing. Um, I can't remember the name of the actress who played D.I. Menzies. What was her name? She played uh, Novice Hayne. And she's now a very successful writer. And you were oh, Anna Hope. 
Anna Hope, that's right. Well, yeah, we should see if she's interested in doing some more. I don't know whether she's moved on a bit. Anyway, please, all of you listening, don't move on and do send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com and there'll be more of them right here in the middle of the podcast next week. And we'll be teasing you with the excellent Doctor Who short trip free speech soon. But before that, let us go behind the scenes with the epic master mashup, packed with more arch enemies of the Doctor than you can shake a sonic screwdriver at. It's masterful. Hello, I'm James Goss, and I wrote Masterful. Oh, hello. Who is that? <laughs> this is priceless. Oh, never mind all that. <laughs> Who are you? Why, my dear Miss Grant, don't you recognize us? No, sorry. Should we drop a hint? Let's be naughty. Oh, yes, let's. It was very nice when Matt Fitton sat me down and said, would you like to do the five doctors, but for the master? And with a very, very loose, but also a very tight brief that effectively the various forms of the master have to unite to try and save the universe but immediately you realize that's never going to work that's never going to happen and at the same time i found myself feeling rather like robert holmes when approached originally to do the five doctors just the idea that you you have this lazy susan loaded with ingredients that's spinning faster and faster and every now and then matt would go oh we've got this and you'd you'd see him managing to add extra things that had to be included and trying to come up with a structure and an idea that would work. And in some ways it is all of the masters all together in a quarry fighting different things. But also it's it's about the fact that it's never going to be like the five doctors in that the masters cannot cooperate. And also by their very definition this is a story about what if the master wins but also the idea that the master never can win. Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of Masterful. Hello, I'm Ken Bentley, and I have directed Masterful. What's it like working on a project where it's a huge cast of characters, but almost all of them are the villain? Partly that's strange, and partly that's why I'm, it, it, I, I sort of have no concept, because they know these characters so well, and because they're coming in and they're doing those characters. I know that individually each of those characters sounds fantastic, but the idea of having them all in the same scene and what it's going to sound like to have them all arguing with themselves will be quite surreal I think mm. but I think the lovely thing is and what I've really appreciated from doing this actually is how every single actor playing the master has a completely unique take yes on who he or she is yeah I'm Derek Jacobi and I play the war master I'm John Sim and I play the Saxon master you really thought you could con all your previous selves out of our lives. I won. Oh, they're always great scripts. Lovely. They're, they're fun. They're interesting to do and they're a joy to do. I, I, I love them. And it's part of the joy of these scripts. Is that you, can, you can pick it up quickly, you know. You can get the gist of it very, very easily, very quickly. And it makes more sense when you're doing it, doesn't it? Because I, I, yeah. I read it through last night and I got to be honest, I didn't have a dicky boat. <laughs> I thought, what is going on here? I have no idea what is going on. It was just madness. And then reading it in the booth, I was, I, yeah. it made sense. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was well, a lot of fun. When you've done a few of them, you kind of, you learn to go, go with it. Just go it, with you know, it. Just relax. Just, just say it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> 
I'm Milo Parker and I play the young master. Akin was organising a protest. To get people released from the prison hold? Yes. Or at least to allow their friends and family to visit them? Indeed. When I read the script, I was actually in France on holiday, so it was a little bit of a contrast from, from the sunny south of France. But um, I thought it was really interesting. It's a very well-written script and it's re it really pulls you in. It's very immersive. And um, I, I honestly, I really loved reading it and I, and I really liked my character that I was playing. I thought he was really, as I say, different to what I'd done before uh, and um, as a fantastic cast. And um, yeah, I was—I just—I really love the script from from the second I read it. Yeah. My name is Alexander McQueen, and I play the reborn master. But on the good side, we finally got creation to ourselves. It's a massive privilege, and I love it because it's um, an incredibly creative experience in the booth. There's very few characters. If you played it like this, perhaps on television, you might be potentially laughed out of town for overacting etc but I think because of the medium because of radio you can put in a lot more colour and uh, vividness into your performance to allow people to imagine more I suppose so you get away with a lot more in sheer performance terms so it's a real pleasure to do in that regard. Just go to bigfinish.com and type masterful into the search pane but before that why not find out what we're giving you a 25% discount on. Yes, yes, oh yes. Yes, it's the Randomoid Selectatron. Well, Ran has plucked out 2.1 Doctor Who The Companion Chronicles Mother Russia. Oh, let's have a look at that. By then. Mark Platt, so it's going to be a rock, yeah. isn't it? Mother Russia. Well, here is the trailer. My name is Stephen Taylor. No, I thought. That's my name, not yours. I'm Stephen Taylor. Pilot, I travel through space and time. Surely that's the doctor. Make your mind up, monsieur. He's a scientist. Just now, you were a pilot. You don't belong, Stephen Taylor. You'll never belong. But me, I fit in anywhere, on any world. More than you've ever done. But his cold eyes still clung to me. Like an actor studying a role, they wouldn't let go. And the moment was caught. I never miss a catch. It stretched away. My whole life in a frozen second, all laid out like some crazy orbital survey map. But I don't remember. It'll come back. Just don't go too far. Take your time, monsieur. All the time you want. Yeah, this was pretty much very near the beginning of the uh, Companion Chronicles, and which I've said many times, it was uh, one of my good ideas. There we are. Peter Purvis and Tony Milan. Great actor, Tony Milan. Introduced to us by uh, Barnaby Edwards, who often employs him. This one was directed by Nigel Fares, though. Yeah, it's a lovely, lovely release. And you can get 25% off it. You get 25%, by the way, off it by going to bigfinish.com and you find the latest podcast. Now, that's on the homepage about halfway down. Or you can press the podcast tab at the top of the homepage or top of any page. Or indeed, go to the audiobook section and there's a range called the Big Finish Podcast. And you can, or podcast, I think it's called, and you press the click on the Big Finish podcast and in the text there it says the randomoid selectatron also features and all you have to do is click here 
you click the here and you go there from here to there so it goes and when you get there there's a code to enter what's the special code that we are now going to tell you it's tarantula no it's not it's it's buck (laughs) buck up in all capital letters no spaces no complications just buck up b-u-c-k-u-p fantastic and there you are and you get your 25% release but 25% discount can't speak sorry and it's a great thing as well if you go on to Doctor Who the Companion Chronicles Mother Rush and go to backstage you'll see a photo of Peter Purvis and it looks like it could just be on his passport it's just the most passport photo photo do you know it what is, I mean? when it? you see it Nick you'll understand it just looks yes, like yes I'm looking at it now it's it face. doesn't it it just looks like that's a passport photo I think it's Hello. the blank background behind I'm Peter Purvis good night <laughs> superbly done well thanks Ran Rock and Ran uh, I was going to say Rock and Roll but then I thought Rock and Ran sounds quite good and so what Does. you actually got was a combination of the two words um, well we look forward to finding out what delights you'll be offering us next week your veritable feast of audio goodness but in the meantime it is time for us to say goodbye in the style of a TARDIS Ooh, that was that was wonderfully subtle wasn't it I like that <laughs> Sort of, are you joking? No, no, no. It was sort of, you know. Well, Mika, if I if I walk up to someone and go, the last thing they're going to say was that was wonderfully subtle, <laughs> just like that. Like <laughs> I don't know why it reminded me of that in uh, Revelation of the Daleks. That you know that that mutated guy. That's sort of, yeah. Who's got a mouthful of false teeth? <laughs> uh, dear, dear. But anyway, that was us. I don't know what that was, eating an apple. Goodbye. Now ask yourself, what would the world be like if speaking wasn't free? Interview commenced 5.56pm, 17th of January. Inspector Lockett in attendance. The interrogation room was stuffy. I wanted a glass of water. I wanted to phone Helena. I wanted to know who reported me to the police. But I couldn't afford to waste any words. Name? Asked Lockett. Amias Todd. Age? 23. Address? I frowned. They knew my address. They picked me up there. Address, Lockett repeated. His eyes were grey and as hard as slate. Apartment 216, Fishbone Road, East Sludgeton. Occupation? Gardener. Lockett leant back in his chair. Not a very high-paying occupation, is it? Yeah, we hear you've been very talkative lately. More so than a man of your means. Want to tell me where you got the money to pay for those words? I shook my head. Lockett tapped his tongue chip against his teeth. Amius, you're facing some very serious charges here. Theft, conspiracy, sedition. It's in your best interests to cooperate. I was conscious of my own tongue chip which felt hot and heavy in my mouth. Direct line to my bank account. Each word cost one druble. Always being that way on Skaz. You got the chip on your 16th birthday, and from then on, 
you paid to speak. And I only had a few hundred rubles to my name. I didn't want to be speaking unnecessary words in the week before my wedding. I needed to save my cash for the vows and my groom's toast. It was all right for the coppers. They got a special bonus to compensate them for interrogating suspects. But me, I was headed towards the red. Writing was no good either. You had to have a special license for that, issued by the state and it was expensive. Too much for the likes of me. Lockett sighed. If you refuse to speak, your silence will be taken as an admission of guilt. You could be fined, sent to prison, maybe even receive a permanent laryngectomy, courtesy of the state. Is that what you want? I shook my head. Then start talking. So I did. Big Finish presents Doctor Who Short Trips. Free Speech by Yuzani Pusenjak. Read by Jacob Dudman. wanted to buy ring for Helena. Helena? Fiance. I decided to take a chance. Call her? No. Keep going. Rich family. Me, poor. Wanted to propose. No money for ring. Helena was used to the finer things in life. Her family owned a mansion on Sunset Hill. Smart house, complete with a home assistant. It's always, Ariana, turn up the lights, and Ariana, play some smooth jazz. All those words are never a thought for the cost. Been together long? Asked Lockett. Six months. Lockett crossed his arms. Bloke like you from the wrong side of the tracks dating a rich girl. How did you meet? Working. At her house. I didn't give Lockett the details, how I was tending the flower patch beneath her bedroom window when I first heard Helena. She was singing, singing, voice like melted caramel. Imagine having so much money that you could afford to sing. I remember listening, spellbound. She glanced out and saw me, up to my elbows in muck, but I suppose she liked the look of me. I'm quite strong thanks to pushing a lawnmower and juggling bags of manure every day. Helena stopped singing and came outside with a glass of water. Hello. We haven't properly met, have we? I'm Helena. Thought you might like a drink. Thanks. I'm Amius, I replied. Our hands brushed as I took the glass. What are you planting? They look absolutely divine. Peonies. How lovely! They're prettier than carnations, which are so dull, don't you think? Are peonies easy to tend? I nodded. Just need sun, moist soil, 
This conversation alone meant I'd have to skip tomorrow's takeaway coffee, but I didn't care for once. Helena smiled, like she understood. We started meeting each other in the evenings. We talked for hours. Well, Helena did most of the talking. She'd tell me about everything. Her family, friends, new car, favorite clothes, love of music. She never pressed me for a response or an opinion. Not that I could afford it. You're a great listener, Amias, she said. I took that as a compliment. Pretty soon, I decided I wanted to marry her. So you wanted to buy her a ring, but you didn't have enough cash, said Lockett. What happened then? Best mate got us into card game. Go back a step. What's your mate's name? I stayed silent. Didn't want to get Marley in more trouble with the authorities. You must answer, Amias. Give me the name. Marley Evans. Lockett scribbled the name on his notepad, underlined it with three slashes of his pen. Marley Evans? The young lady who's been making all those divisive speeches on behalf of the garrulous liberation? I nodded. The aim of the garrulous liberation, or GLIB for short, was to abolish the tongue chip and introduce free speech for everyone on SCAS. Sometimes you saw their posters, which featured a picture of a bunny and GLIB's motto, Let us rabbit on. Until recently, Glib was small fry, few members and never enough money to properly promote its cause. We'll come back to Marley shortly, said Lockett. For now, tell me about this card game. Four card blag at Lucky Trillium Hotel. That's a classy joint. How did you get into the game? Marley worked at hotel, pulled some strings. Did both of you attend this game, or just you? Both. I remembered how excited we were when Marley got us spots at the table. High stakes game, a chance to win some dosh. Me to buy Helena a ring, Marley to raise funds for Glib. Any winnings, we'd split 50-50. So you and Miss Evans went along to the game. And you won some money, that it? Not quite. Then explain. From the top, when did this game take place? 13th December. The 13th. The Friday, said Lockett. Was it an unlucky night for you, Amias? I shook my head, thinking back to that evening. Marley and I, all dressed up, meeting in the hotel lobby. She'd ditched her usual denim jacket and chunky boots for a halter neck dress and heels. I borrowed my granddad's blazer and tie. We gave each other the thumbs up and made our way upstairs to the room. A squat little robot wheeled up to greet us at the door. An electronic dealer. Entry fees, please. It intoned, opening its mouth. I fed it 5,000 drubles in notes, nearly all my life savings. It swallowed, beaked, then extended a flat tray-like tongue, on which sat a stack of chips. I scooped them up and took a seat at the table. While Marley paid her entry fee, I took a gander at the other player, a bearded man in a fur-collared coat, 
Further back in the shadows stood a heavy-set bloke with a scar stretching from lip to ear. You gave me the creeps. The bearded man clicked his fingers and Scarface stepped forward to pour him a cup of tea from the silver teapot in front of him. Besides you and Ms. Evans, who else was present at the game? Asked Lockett. Bloke called Maxim Gatherit and his lackey. Lockett raised his eyebrow at this. Mr. Gatherit is well known to us. Had you met him before the night of the 13th? No. Anyone else? The doctor. Just... The doctor? I nodded. This doctor didn't give their full name? I shook my head. Could you describe them for me? Tall guy, skinny, brown hair sticking up, pinstripe suit, thought he was rich. Why'd you say that? Talked a lot. Boy, did he ever. I thought back to the entrance the doctor made on that night. I had asked Marley the same question. Anyone else coming? She'd held up one finger. Professor Mudrost. Change your plan! That voice. Clear, ringing, cheeky. The doctor. Professor Mudrost can't make it tonight, he said, striding into the room. She was unexpectedly called away last minute invitation to give a presentation on giant succulents at this year's international conference on botany luckily i've arranged to take her place the bearded man gatherit frowned scares doesn't have any giant succulents should be a very innovative presentation then the doctor thrust a wad of cash into the robot's mouth entry fee is this my seat here he shrugged off his brown overcoat Chips. Love chips, especially the hot ones. Nice and fresh, with a pinch of salt. I'm the doctor, by the way. And you are? He nodded at the rest of us. Amias Todd, I said, mentally cursing this man for making me introduce myself. I needed to save my words for the game. Marley Evans, muttered Marley. The bearded man stared at the doctor for a long moment without blinking. Maxim Gavarit. He said, eventually. Brilliant, said the doctor. He gathered his chips and sat. Shall we crack on with the game, then? Never played blag before. More into snap myself, loads of fun, and we need a loud voice and quick reflexes. Very similar to the game of beggar my neighbour. Imagine trying to shout that every time someone turns up a pair. I exchanged glances with Marley, who was clearly thinking the same as me. What a gob. The game began. Our robot dealer spitting four cards face down onto the table in front of each player. I got the three of daggers, five of goblets, cavalier of gems and the ace of daggers. Not bad. Until I remembered that in four card black, aces are low on weekdays. I glanced at the others. Gavrit's face was impassive, but Marley was biting her lip and the doctor was frowning. Concentration? Disappointment? I wasn't sure. We placed our bets, then the trading began. I exchanged my ace of daggers, hoping for one of the fours to make a streak. Instead, I got the dratted two of onions. 
Gavrit's face held the glimmer of a smirk, and I decided to fold. One-tenth of my money gone already. I tried to stay positive, picturing Helena wearing my ring. Raise, said Gavrit, shoving another stack of chips into the centre. He clicked his fingers and Scarface refreshed his cup. Ah, oh, good old tea, said the doctor. I suppose you brought enough to share with the rest of us. No, snapped Gavrit. Not that our host here can drink tea anyways. The doctor nodded at the robot. Dealer droids, model A, don't react well to the tannins and flavonoids. Turns them a bit balmy. Think of a dustbin whizzing everywhere, bumping into things. No one spoke. I hated to be rude, but I couldn't afford conversation at a time like that. You lot aren't very talkative, remarked the doctor. As chat is a pack of garden gnomes. Well, if you've just heard all of that, uh, every bit of speech there will cost you two pounds, so please send us your invoices. Why are we paying you? Who knows? Don't do that. Uh, you've been listening to a Big Finish production, so don't yes. forget to rate, no. review, and subscribe. Yes, that costs you £16. Pounds. Curses. <laughs>